Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, that managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com. We have them all and boxing as well. We have forums, photos, videos, podcasts, contests over at Fightful.com uh, or over at Instagram.com slash Fightful Online, rather. We have a contest where we are giving away your choice of any of our three Fightful t-shirts. Head over there. You can see how it's done. Give us a follow. We've got Monday Night Raw to talk about. Joined by Alex Palowski. Alex, you know what you also joined me on? What's that? Alternate commentary for both the 2003 Elimination Chamber from SummerSlam yes. and the Extreme Elimination Chamber. We've got two episodes coming up for you after the Royal Rumble. And uh, happy to announce Anna will be joining me for one where we will be covering... Uh, what she picked, Hogan versus Warrior from WrestleMania 6. Yeah. The WrestleMania 2000 Hardcore Battle Royal, and one that I threw in, Raven versus Kane versus Big Show, which I'm stoked for. I'm so jealous that Anna gets to do those matches. <laughs> those, those will be coming at you towards WrestleMania. And uh, if you guys support these, we'll keep doing them all year long. They're a lot of fun. Uh, so definitely be on the lookout for that. We do have the Royal Rumble 2005 match alternate commentary up as well. Tomorrow on Fightful.com, I have some news coming about some of the Impact Wrestling departures. None on bad terms, from what I understand. And there's still a lot of optimism and positivity as it pertains to Don Callis and Scott Demore. So check that out. Before we get into Monday Night Raw, and boy, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, news emerged last week. I did a breaking news podcast on it. Paige Dunn in the WWE. 
This is heartbreaking, Alex. Like, I feel like I was a broken record on on that about 20-minute show if you guys want to check it out. But 25 years old, done as a wrestler, it would appear. She's battled scoliosis. And it's like what Showdown Joe and I often talk about in uh, on those, those MMA podcasts. Just because somebody's 26 years old doesn't much matter. If you've been training since you were 14, like she has... Those ring miles are going to add up, and I think they did. And her doctors didn't want her to come back anyway, Alex. Right. But WWE cleared her, which is yeah. usually the other way around. Yeah, it's true. Um, this is this is terrible for her at this age, so young. Um, uh, not super far from moved from being, you know, at the very top of the company. And um, the thing about it that is interesting to me is that. You know, I I liked her ring work fine, but that wasn't what I loved the most about her. And it was her charisma and that she was completely different from other people. And I always have really liked her mic work. And those are all things that you can still utilize in the business to being something um, really special, uh, whether it's a manager or, listen, it's high time the WWE has, at least on NXT, a, a female on the commentary desk. Um, she could replace um, Percy Watson in NXT tomorrow. Oh, please. You well, know I mean? you, you know why WWE does that. Mm. Yeah. Well, it, they they like to have, to put it bluntly, they like to have their black color commentator. Yeah. They they do that. Then, you know, if that's what they want to do, then so be it. But man, Percy Watson is ass. <laughs> Byron Saxton is. <laughs> Miles better than him. I I was watching. I've been catching up on NXT um, before the the uh, takeover Philadelphia, as I do, watching a bunch binge watching a bunch of matches. One when he was saying, "Guys, guys, these two guys are competing to see who is going to be the number one contender for the title." That was his whole thing. <laughs> he, he reiterated what what the stakes were of the match about eight minutes in. Oh, I thought when Elijah Burke left Impact, I was like, oh, Percy's shaking in his boots right now. <laughs> because Elijah is, you know, he, Elijah's at least one of those either love him or hate him type of things. Yeah. But I think that, that potential is unlimited for Paige outside of this. I, she can't be a trainer, I don't think, because that would require her to do some right. bumping and stuff. Right. But authority figure, she would be excellent at it. Yeah. Uh, an agent, probably good at it. Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, how about you get her input on the creative team? Yeah. Kenny, you, yes. you're talking like a mid-20-year, uh, right in the middle of her 20s woman mm-hmm. who has experienced a lot of life already. Yeah. She's, been, she's seen the ups and downs. I mean, the woman's, yeah. been, the woman's been addicted to drugs. She yeah. has had videos leak on her. She's reached the top of WWE. She's reached the top of NXT. She's come up through the indies. She's like She's done a little bit of everything, and that's not – not really uh like it's not something you come across every day also i mean they've already got her under contract you might as well make as much use of her as possible and even in this this managerial role i think she'll do fine yeah there are there are no shortage of women on wwe's roster up and down on both brands and down in nxt who aren't so great on the mic and might benefit from having somebody talk them up like Paige. you know what i mean so I think she's she could be really really great in that role. There might be a silver lining here, even though I mean we can't be said enough. 
it is heartbreaking to have that news happen and that she had just come back and she had a, a pretty good 15, 20 minute match with Sasha Banks on raw. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, it's all gone. Yeah. And it only took about seven matches to, to destroy that neck. And man, I, I dealt with neck injuries for half my life. Now it feels like, well, the last 10 years and it's very delicate and it's very scary. And we've seen, a rash of them over the last couple of years after it seems like we didn't for a long time. You had Sting go, like, go away because of spinal stenosis. Sheamus is dealing with it right now. That's scary to me, too, because he's in his 40s, and he works a really hard-hitting style. Nikki Bella's dealt with it as well. And uh, as I reported last week, guys, Samoa Joe, uh, his, his injury to his heel is a lot worse than, than expected. WWE is hoping it was just plantar fasciitis, but he heard a pop, and He's got a rupture there. He's going to be in a boot and on crutches. And now they have uh, replaced him with The Miz on live events. But not only that, he has pulled from all advertising from the Royal Rumble, both online and in the Royal Rumble entrance list. We do keep an ongoing list of Royal Rumble entrance over at Fightful.com. And we're constantly updating it, constantly uh, refreshing it. So check that out along with our injury report and our contract expiration uh, resource that we have. That's a bummer, Alex, because you could see this week, and we'll get into it, but last week they were very clearly going towards a Samoa Joe-John Cena thing. This week they shifted that attention on John Cena to Elias. Yeah, yeah. Um, This could not be a bigger bummer because he was just in such – doing such great work. And, you know, I I said it. I thought he was like Final Four in the Rumble type guy. Uh, if not a winner, possible winner of it, and and to do st- like he's setting up a program with John Cena, no bigger guy to work with, uh, all this stuff, and it can't be overstated. Vince hates guys that get injured a lot. He hates counting on them for stuff. He says, "Well, if if I put all this stuff behind, we had this whole thing, you know, a, a storyline set up for this guy, and then you know his foot pops or whatever. I'm not I'm not pushing him ever again." You know, because he, he can be like that. Yes, he can. He absolutely so, can. <laughs> I interviewed Bruce Pritchard for this week's uh, List in Your Boy podcast, which I'm going to talk about before we get into Raw. And on his show frequently, he's always talking about how, depending on what day it is, like, I mean, they're, they're, they did the Rockers podcast, and they mentioned Marty Jannetty and how often he's been fired, like eight times. Mm. It's Sometimes he goes, I'm done with him. I'm done with him. <laughs> Uh, speaking of listening, boy, as I mentioned, guys, I do have Bruce Pritchard on the show this week. Uh, I will be producing the show for the first time in months. What do I have in store for Jimmy Van? <laughs> Nigel will be out of the office this week. Uh, can't wait to have him back next week. But what do I have in store for Jimmy Van? Tune into the list and you boy this Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, our flagship show and find out. Also, I did a UFC St. Louis uh, post-show last night. Check that out. On to Monday Night Raw. Hot dog. This show had a lot of stuff, both good. I don't want to say necessarily bad, but some stuff that's really awesome and optimistic and some stuff that I, like, dreaded. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to be bad coming up. So Braun Strowman was just phenomenal. And... (laughs) Braun comes out and does story time. We used to have a segment <laughs> called story. We used to have a segment on listen, your boy called story time with JJ Dillon. Well, let me tell you guys, this was not that Mm-mm. this was far from that. And when Kurt Angle interrupts him, 
Braun says, I was telling them a story. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Kurt Angle pulls Braun Strowman from his title match and fires him. Fires him. And it was at this moment. Now, before somebody takes my words and runs crazy with it. I'm not saying that Braun Strowman is Stone Cold Steve Austin, but this was a Steve Austin moment to me. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the world was working against him here. <laughs> and for a long time, WWE wouldn't touch the pay-per-view roster or make changes to matches after being booked. They wouldn't even tease it for a long time. They're like, mm-hmm. once it's booked, it's booked, and that's what you're getting. And since the Reigns angle thing, we've seen a change of that. Braun is being escorted out, and he realizes people are behind him, and he is not happy about them. Alex, they all die. Yep. Every last one of them, dead. In lieu of flowers, their widows suggest you make a donation to the We Got Killed by Braun Foundation. This was incredible. It was fun, like, every week. This is, like, I've said this before. There are some ways, like people talk about Brock Lesnar's legitimacy. Brock Lesnar got his legitimacy by training his life, by running with logs and taking like 20-degree ice baths and becoming a great amateur wrestler and a great UFC fighter, and that's how he's legitimate. Bobby Lashley did it by becoming a great amateur wrestler, becoming a great MMA, or decent MMA fighter. Braun Strowman does it because I believe he can tear up all the shit he is tearing up. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, that's, I'm cool with it. He doesn't have to have an MMA background. I'm yeah. cool with it. I love it. So what I loved was how livid Booker T was about Kurt Angle firing him on live TV because that is kind of a dumb thing to do. Yeah. No, it I mean, doesn't... do it by FedEx like WCW used to do. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's Braun. Then he just rips the FedEx in half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he sent it to his house, and then he has to tear apart his own house. Yes. Um Okay. First first analysis. Hold on. Braun hilariously says that everyone was going to catch his hands. Yes. Then nobody actually did. Yeah. But a chocolate cake did. Partially, yeah. Yeah. Part part of it did. He was he was gentle with, with most of the cake. The rest of the cake went in his belly. So okay. So I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that this guy has the potential to be one of if not the biggest thing this country, this company's ever produced. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be because they don't seem to know what they have here. But they've got something really, really special. Because now the thing is that not only is he just gigantic, which is a, a huge thing because that's, that's a larger-than-life deal for people who don't normally watch wrestling. They see a guy that size and go, wow, I'm interested in what he does. Not only, I think, is he well above where we any of us thought he was going to be in ring. Not only is all of that there, but is he believable turning over a damn semi truck? But also the amount of natural comedic ability that this guy has to know exactly how long to stare at the dude holding the cake before he takes a slice, eats it, and turns and walks away. Like, you have to have instincts to do that. We've seen a lot of people who are like, hey, I'm here, do this comedy bit in wrestling, and they fail miserably at it. This guy is a success. I mean, people were, were complaining about his little uh, elf spoof he did over, over Christmas. 
But in that, it was just him being really, really, really good at comedy, physical comedy, really hard stuff where you don't get like say funny lines. You actually have to yeah. be smart and use your eyes and your face and to convey like really snap judgment things that make it fun. Alex, I honest to God saw somebody reply to a tweet from Justin Labar and say, Braun Strowman doesn't have crossover appeal. And I was like, you dumbass. You, you don't even know that 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 reply. I, I even said to Justin, I was like, that reply to your tweet made me lose hope in humanity because for, I I used to think that mm. last year I ran an article called I was wrong about Braun Strowman because I was. Yeah, I was like, what the hell are they doing with him? This is a Vince McMahon guy that you could tell like he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna be what they wanted him to be, and you know what? He just worked his ass off. He yeah. just worked really really hard, and he got good. He got really good, man, and um, he picks up the little things. And he can be something very, very special and is right now, so I I can't wait. Now, he goes backstage, (laughs) screams at someone in catering, or someone in catering screams, Braun's coming! (laughs) Which is absolutely what you would do if Braun was coming. Now, that's that's even if he all this stuff hadn't happened before. Right, right. Like, just in general. Just give yep. people a heads up. Let them know. Did you catch in catering Grand Metalik eating corn on the cob with his mask on? Like, I didn't. Like, <laughs> it was a brief, brief thing there, but uh, um, that whole thing was amazing. Uh, all of it was was amazing. Him, him throwing a, a coffee table at a flat screen TV made me cringe because I love TV, but <laughs> but it was still amazing. He broke a, a priceless $15 piece of wall art over his knee. Have you have you no dignity and shame, sir? Uh, he amazing. goes to the production truck, and Kurt Angle's like, those cost $12 million! And we John, see- John Cohn, the ref, rushing into the scene, make-believe out of breath. Kurt, he's Braun Strowman. He's, he's headed for the production trucks. Oh, my God, it was just brilliant. So we have a Kevin Dunn appearance too. Yes. Rare, very rare. Yeah. He GTFO'd as well. So <laughs> Braun's like, what does that do? And points <laughs> points at something. If I, if, I, if I smash this, will it will it turn off your precious TV show? Please, she's just amazing. Like I need next week, uh, Kurt Hawkins got choke slammed through a table, by the way. The guy with the cake froze. And like I said, your next article needs to be. The differences in running into a bear in the wild because you wrote an article about a man who outboxed a bear and running into Braun in the wild. Because yeah, if you just stand still, you might make it. You might. As long this as man just revealed the blueprint. As this was this was Holly Holm exposing how to beat Ronda Rousey right here. Yeah, they say if you're walking in the woods up in the north woods of Wisconsin – you should always bring what they call a bear bell. It's just like a basic cowbell on a string. And as you're walking along, just swinging your arm, it'll make a noise, and bears won't come toward it. They'll they'll go away from it. If you if you surprise a bear, if you sneak up on it accidentally, you're in for some or world of hurt. So, is if you're walking through where the where bronze hang out, always carry a chocolate cake with you, just in case. Just in case. I'm pretty sure that Braun went into the production truck to demand that WDB hashtag WDB stop the Zoom. Yep. Use it, guys. Let them know. Tag a minute. 
Just let him know. Kurt Angle stops Braun from tipping over a semi briefly by saying he's calling the cops. That doesn't last long. And speaking of stop the zoom, there were 14 camera cuts. (laughs) 14 camera cuts. Yeah. Man, like we get it. He's not really flipping over the semi truck. Yeah. But my God. Mm-hmm. My God. Too many, too many camera cuts. That's, that's inarguable. Um, my favorite part about the, the whole um, production truck excursion was that there's an interior door between two rooms of the production truck, and Braun Strowman is legitimately too wide to fit through it. And, and as he get, gets stuck briefly for a second, he, he almost has the door jam get those hands. Like, he, he flinches like he's going to punch the door jam. It's just great. I love it. <laughs> so he does, he does, in fact, flip the, the semi-truck. Mm-hmm. Then he makes his way to ringside. We're covering all this bronze stuff right now. He comes to ringside. And imagine being so panicked that you say, The monster among men is coming out here! <laughs> Instead of saying, Braun, Strowman, or yeah. Heat. Or just getting away. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> I would have settled for a, but whose side is he on? Like anything. <laughs> I would have been okay with that. <laughs> and then Braun practically wedgies Michael Cole. Oh. In the meantime, we had seen Kurt Angle with the generic, like, old school phone ringtone get a yeah. call. It was Stephanie McMahon. She demanded that Braun be given his job back and put back in the title match. And Kurt Angle wants, wants Braun to let Michael go. He does. Yep. Flying through the air into a bunch of security guards. Michael Cole, he, he's got himself in shape over the last several years. And he's like, I don't care. I'll bump who gives a damn. Right. And does it. Hats off to Michael Cole for taking that spot. Yeah. I. Uh, this was great. I... I loved that he was he was going to let Michael Cole go, but Michael Cole was so disoriented from being you know atomic wedged uh, by Braun Strowman that he was on his hands and knees crawling in the wrong direction toward Braun Strowman, and so Braun picked him up, and the crowd begged him, they begged him to throw Michael Cole a great distance, and Braun is nothing if not a man of the people, so he accommodated their wishes. And he he threw in in the Olympic event the Michael Cole toss. There's no way you're beating Braun Strowman's mark. He's got the gold record forever. This was a phenomenal segment, as most angles that Braun Strowman tears stuff up in are. I mean, the only thing about this that I find interesting is that he comes out. He talks about how he tore shit up last week um angle comes out and says how dare you tear up shit last week you're fired and ron <laughs> tears up shit and then gets rehired so he's taken out of the match then put back in the match actually where are we now as opposed to three and a half hours ago the same spot ron's tearing up shit and he's back in the match nothing has changed really but within this this whole thing, it's just they put the spotlight on Braun and let him shine for the first hour of Raw. It was his show. And, and the crowd was 
eating it up. So while nothing has really changed in the actual grand storyline, for Braun, it shows that they're saying, we are, we are letting you run this thing. Let's see how the crowd takes it. Because, listen, I know that, that you know, Brock's going to win this damn triple threat. And if Roman doesn't win the Rumble, he's going to find his way on this different way into the match with Brock at Mania. But what if that didn't happen? What if somebody somewhere, not Vince, because Vince wouldn't see it, but somebody who has Vince's ear saw this and could prove somehow through graphs and charts in a meeting between now and the Rumble as to why you need to put that belt on Braun and do it yesterday. Like he's the biggest thing in the company right now. Just do it. Do it. Do you think there's something kind of cool about Brock Lesnar holding the title until WrestleMania because he'll have had it for a year, but man, Brock is just the guy. Or, or Braun is the guy, rather, not Brock. I mean, Brock is... What? The thing is, Brock is the guy. It's just Braun right. right now is more of the guy. Right, but there's there's another story you could absolutely do with with that is that, that Brock versus Braun one-on-one for the title back at whenever it was, No Mercy or whatever, mm-hmm. and Brock won, pins him clean. If Braun wins this thing but pins Kane and Brock loses the title, then they have another match, the rubber match, one-on-one yeah. again at Mania for all the marbles. And if Braun beats Brock clean in that match, then you really put over this guy as the guy. I'm telling you, I am not opposed to like Braun winning the title and then Brock showing up in the Royal Rumble and just tossing everybody sure. over like moments later. Do that. Because like, I'm cool with that. I believe that whatever the, whoever the two guys are who don't win that match, triple threat, they're both going to be in the Rumble. But then I again, I'm, I'm also cool with Braun losing the title match, then on his way back, running into Heath Slater, who's like number one, beating him up, and then just eliminating everybody one by one from the Rumble. I'm cool with that, too. That's how into the Braun Strowman character I am. I really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, I really yeah. love it. So, <laughs> that son of a bitch Braun gives us Tom Phillips. So, it ain't yeah. all great. No, it's not. I-, I just love that they have like a-, a break glass in case of emergency Tom Phillips in the back. Yeah. Like he's just hanging out there as opposed to being wherever the hell yeah. SmackDown is next tomorrow. You know, he's just hanging out. Oh, what what happened? Michael Cole. Okay. My time to shine, says Michael Cole. <laughs> so we gotta so we gotta get through this because we are already already 25 minutes into this show. What, Titus what Worldwide. Else happened? Titus Worldwide defeated <laughs> the bar. I was fully expecting the bar to win tonight and yeah. again next week. Instead, I think something Something's going down soon because we've got a ton of tag teams integrated right now. Uh, Titus, I, my only note about him was he looks very motivated and effortlessly body slams people. Like, yeah. it's no problem. Uh, Apollo Cruz has just been such a crazy waste of in-ring talent, though. It's been three years, and I can't remember a match. Like, I give, I give match ratings on Fightful.com after every Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view. I start at five, and it goes on a sliding scale. And really, anything above... Six is pretty damn good, I think. Uh, I don't remember anything that I would have given him like a seven on. Like, because, and that's crazy with his amount of athleticism. Jason Jordan uh, distracts the bar and Cruz rolls up Sheamus for the win. But Seth Rollins is not happy about it. Um, what'd you think about this match? Um, okay. You know, I mean, I, I, I have a soft spot, spot in, my, in my heart for, um, for statistician Dana Brooke, 
her coming out and awkwardly trying to do millions the, of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. The best Dana Brooke we've ever seen, without oh, a doubt. by far. Um, and yeah, listen, what is, what is this tag team, really? If not the primetime players from a couple of years ago with a, I think, upgrade to the Darren Young half. Like, it's the same basic yeah. idea, you know? And, and Titus, Titus for, for a while, in the, when, whenever that was, that, that weird blip where they, where they had the tag team titles for the two months in between that would have given New Day the longest reign way ahead of time. Like, whatever that blip was, T- Titus had the best hot tag in wrestling. Like, he would just run in and big boot and body slam and his weird, like, uh, side breaker three times and then sling across the ring. Like, he, he's, he's a house of fire. He's the proverbial house of fire. And it's fun. And I love, I love the things that um, Apollo Crews does. He, he's doing not just a standing moonsault for a pin, but now a standing shooting star press for a pin. Like, he's really, really great. And these guys could be a lot of fun. And if what is looks like is going to happen, happens, um, and it's going to become this giant multi-match scrum, multi-team scrum for the tag team titles um, at, uh, at Royal Rumble, fine. You, you can put these two guys in it. That'll be fun. You know, get more, more people on the card, I guess, you know? Cedric Alexander with Gold Dust defeated Tony Nese with Enzo Amore. <laughs> Nese's crunch kicks were hilarious. Mm-hmm. But this was good, fundamental, athletic, safe stuff. It's not like your PWG style match. This was a WWE cruiserweight match. I loved the finishing sequence. And what I love most about this match was Tony Nese's sell of the lumbar check, which is maybe the best since Candice LeRae's. And I don't know if Candice LeRae's was anything she controlled. She just bounced to the ceiling when she took it. By the way, awesome that she got signed. Very excited for yeah. that. Uh, with that lumbar check, he took it on his back and then did a face bump. Yep. So cool. Yeah, no, this is this is great. Um, uh, Tony Nese is highly underrated as a seller in that division. Um, he, he's doing some really good work. I mean, he's not winning a lot of matches, but, you know, he's, he's not doing terrible either. He's, he's no no am dar, um, but he's, he's doing okay. And um, – I like this match for what it was. Um, you know, it's just killing time till Enzo's real kayfabe injured ankle is fully well, healthy. The roster, I mean, has just been that 205 live roster yeah. can't catch a break. Enzo has been like when he's not like really hurt, he's storyline hurt yeah. and he's sick and he's got cuts on his face. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's nothing that he's done wrong is the thing. Right. Like right. he's been hurt multiple times and none of it's been because he's a quote unquote bad wrestler. He just sells a lot in his matches, and I think he's great at it. But you lose Austin Aries, you lose Neville. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye 
your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And then TJ Perkins is out for several months. Not like they were going to do anything with him. Rich Swan gets arrested. You've got Kalisto out for a few weeks, and he's back now. Noam Dar's gone. Brian Kendrick's gone. He's hurt. So that roster, man, they're, they're always taking hits. And Raw in particular, as I've mentioned in, a, in the injury update, the news updates I do uh, on our YouTube, subscribe, y'all. That Raw roster, it's, it's been rough. It's been really rough. Decent match, though. Asuka defeated Nia Jax via TKO due to an injury. I thought this was really good. One of Nia Jax's best matches I've seen on the main roster. Nia hit a nice side break, backbreaker out of the gate. Uh, Asuka pulls a triangle armbar out of nowhere. I really think that maybe they should break that move down for WWE viewers because a lot of people think that don't know that you can transition into one that works as both. Uh, I like that Nia powerbombed her into the turnbuckle. It was a good spot and a false finish on the on the submission. I did love that they played up the cardio aspect of Asuka versus Nia Jax. Like she was getting winded. She was getting worn down. Asuka gets a little sloppy with her kicks and Nia delivers an awesome power bomb. That should, that should be your finish. That should be your finish. She should be she finishing took, girls with that. Took care of Asuka. It looked good. It was awesome looking. Cause you know, a lot of power bombs don't look too hot and they end up landing on their upper neck and head. That wasn't the case here. I thought Nia looked great. She got her leg smashed in the stairs, but still made it into the ring. She was crying. The only thing I didn't like about this was her fake fall at the end. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, yeah, those, it was okay. It wasn't terrible. So I've seen something worse. I've certainly seen a lot better. Um, uh, I, I loved the, the octopus stretch that she got, that, that Asuka got her in earlier in the match. Like, I thought that was really great of like, um, if, if, if you get, if you let Asuka, if you get Nia Jax grab a hold of you, she'll sling you across the ring. However, if you let Asuka grab a hold of you, she'll put you in some horrible predicament, you know, submission move that might not actually make you tap out, but it'll hurt like some bitch. Like, that's a really cool dynamic for these two. And I love that if you look at the history that Naya and Asuka had in NXT, Naya has progressed since then. And she knows the different things. She wasn't about to get her head kicked off like she did in their last title match uh, in one of the takeovers last year. She's she's changed. She's figured out. But Asuka's doing something different now. So I like that both these women have have changed and, and grown. And so now their matches can grow as well. Um, I, I like this for what it was. I like that you were able to, to protect both Naya and Asuka. Neither one of them got t- took a, t- a clean pinfall uh, or, or tapped out. I mean, Naya just couldn't stand. That's a different thing to me than saying, I give up. The ref stopped the match. That's a different thing, and I think you're able to maybe continue this beyond the Royal Rumble if Asuka's not getting involved with, you know, Ronda Rousey or something. Yeah. Uh, backstage, or actually Alexa Bliss comes out to check on Nia Jax. Backstage, Enzo comes and checks on her too. And Alexa gets kind of pissy, but Nia tells her that Enzo has got this. I am really enjoying the Shades of Grey with all these people. Like, they're bad sometimes, but they virtually almost all these people care about each other besides Enzo and Bliss. They don't give a damn about each other, but we're seeing that 
Naya does care about her friends and her love interest, and Enzo isn't always a douche. Like, it's good to have these layers. It's good to have onions for your characters. You got to peel back some of this stuff. Enzo can't be so extra all the time. But Right. Guys, uh, don't forget to check out the Fightful Wrestling Weekly. I drop it every Friday. We've got about a 1,000 words worth of exclusives in there and, like, behind-the-scenes stuff that I put in there. And there are also uh, previous ones that you all can check out. Make sure you all look at that. Also, uh, looking to announce this week, we have another video uh, project that's coming up. Also, a big exclusive uh, article feature that is going to be worked on uh, by uh, Denny Burkholder uh, for next Monday that you all are really going to like. He's doing some great work. I think we got some video with it, too. So check that out as well. Fightful.com has tons of exclusives. A lot of stuff you will only see here at Fightful.com. Also, we are the longest-running weekly episodic podcast covering Raw from Kentucky. So that's that's impressive, Alex. Very, if, very much so. Hey. Yeah. Also, we are the worldwide leader in crossover combat sports coverage. That, that, too. There was a terrible Jason Jordan promo backstage. He stumbled over his words. I guess wasn't good. It was some of his worst stuff I've seen since he's appeared on Raw. But basically, he gets a, he gets Seth Rollins booked in a match with Finn Balor. And really, I only brought this up so I could mention that Booker T afterwards says, Jason Jordan is booking matches now. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I, I think it should be mentioned for, for, um, for Kurt Angle staring forlornly at broken table legs as though they really, really mattered to him. Because... <laughs> This is rented furniture from this office in the one town they're in this week, as though like he had lovingly shopped for these antique. Yeah, <laughs> it belonged to my grandma Braun. This table belonged to my grandmother. She brought it from the old country. <laughs> also, programming note, guys: we will have shows live after NXT Takeover and uh, the Royal Rumble. Of course, that night is the same night as the UFC show. Don't know what I'll do about the UFC show, but. This weekend, myself and Showdown Joe will be here for Bellator 192, which has Chael Sonnen versus Rampage, Rory McDonald versus Douglas Lima, and UFC 220, which is tracking to do some really big numbers. Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic, Daniel Cormier, who's beefing with the Young Bucks still, against Volkan Ozdemir. I'll probably do a news update on the Cormier-Young Bucks stuff since I had some engagement there with Cormier a couple weeks ago. The Revival defeated a p- couple of jobber skis, one of which is Bailey's fiance. This is The Revival's first time back on TV in a month since their Raw return. An assisted front suplex, Shatter Machine. Glad they're back, but then we see why they're back, Alex. Yeah, why they disappeared for several weeks, and then they got mic time. My favorite part of this was probably Scott Dawson saying, You sure you want to give The Revival a live mic? And then he said, Nothing risky at all. Nothing. Uh, well, the thing that he did say was risky was that he was there talking about how uh, how how the old timers that are going to be uh, at Raw 25 next week uh, couldn't basically couldn't hold the revival's jock and all that stuff. You mean like the promo that the Ascension cut in January yep. 2015 ahead of Raw reunion? Yeah, uh, I, I wait, remember. Wait, 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 wasn't that promo like the one that Heath Slater cut all the way up to Raw 1000? Yep, same thing basically. Yep. Um, the problem is that I have with this is that uh, Heath Slater uh, was, you know, basically in a, in a, a go-nowhere position himself at the time. 
And the Ascension were really, come on, they were really, you know, the Road Warriors knockoffs. But the Revival are legitimately, possibly, the greatest tag team in the world. Uh, they're not being booked like that or used like that, but they are. Uh, and guess what? You have a history, WWE, on your own website of naming them in their matches at like as like the number one or number two match of the year for several years in NXT. Or, uh, your own company. Uh, so if you're setting them up to just have basically everybody's finisher from 1995 done to them in a row in the middle of the ring at Raw 25, shame on you. You're going to ruin these guys. You know you're doing it. You're anticipating doing it. And it's unconscionable. However, if these guys' contracts run out and they wind up in Ring of Honor or New Japan... They will tear the house down every damn night in a company where wrestling, wrestling, wrestling matters. Not the rest of this stuff, but wrestling. Because you cannot tell me those two guys are not two of the best tag team wrestlers on the planet. They proved it over and over and over and over again in NXT. Yes, they've been injured. And I know how much you hate that, Vince. But ruining these two guys... By but having them take seventeen stone cold stunners, it's just it's not it's not cool. It's just not cool. A lot of people, I don't think that would ruin. But these guys, I, I really do think it would it would be a hole that they would have to really really dig themselves out of. Because here's the thing: I, I would have I would have the Dudley boys come out there and confront them, and then I would have the revival beat them. That's what I would do, and yes. have them say, "See, look, right, that's what build, we do. Build, build your precious heat that way." Because this, what? Listen, there's there's ways of doing this that you could actually you could book them out of that hole that you're going to book them into, but you're not going to do that. You're yeah. going to have them just take all those finishers and look like crap, and then you're going to say, "Okay, boys, get yourselves back over again by working matches on main event." Yeah, the the, the ascension were never that good. They were just never that good. No, no, I don't think they were ever going to work. Heath Slater was what he is. He's he's a comedy character, yeah. by and large. And he does it so great that it didn't hurt him. This is a serious team, and man, Ring of Honor and that New Japan partnership would love to have these two guys. You know who could do this spot next week, and really it wouldn't hurt them at all? Heath Slater Bo and Dallas oh, but and be- Curtis Axel. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and get into them. As I mentioned, they shifted the attention on John Cena from Samoa Joe to Elias. He mentioned... Uh, John Cena is going to have his his full attention at Royal Rumble. Miz paid Elias to sing a song about him. It didn't even rhyme. Not Elias's best work. <laughs> but, I mean, he's in San Antonio, and that's practically a third-world country. Sorry, Kyler. Uh, Kyler James, our social media manager, I like to bust his balls about that. He was at the show tonight. Miz cuts a promo about how important he is to Raw and how much the crowd missed him. Uh, Roman Reigns comes out to face the Miztourage in a handicap match. The numbers game gets the best of Reigns. Bo Dallas holds him in a chin lock for 90 seconds. Axel prevents a suplex on Dallas, which allows Dallas to hit a DDT. But then later, Axel is actually forced to DDT Bo Dallas when Roman Reigns throws him into them, which I think would have even been better. Like if, if it were like, Curtis Axel was so scared of Roman Reigns that Reigns is like, DDT your friend now. <laughs> and then he had to do it. <laughs> he just goes, boom! And Axel falls over. Yeah. 
Uh, this there's a lot of pussyfooting around after a couple of Superman punches. That the ending of this match made Roman Reigns look like a doofus. Yeah, yep. Because he he Superman punches Axel and then goes to chase Miz. You got him next week, bro. Yeah, I know it's just stupid. This was pretty boring drivel, I thought. However, I thought the Miz's promo before the match was hot, hot fire. Well, it always is, because he really feels like whether, okay, the thing is, whether he has a case or not, you always know that he believes like he's been slighted. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and that's good for him and his work. It's great he, stuff. He makes, even if he doesn't believe it, the way he says it makes me believe that the Intercontinental title is the most important title on Raw, or at least maybe never not that in the entire WWE, because because he held it and he made it so prestigious, and now they put it on Roman. Like it it means something to him so much that he makes me believe it. Like it, he's he's great, he's absolutely great, and I I hope he won't, but I hope he wins next week. <laughs> Sonya Deville with Absolution defeated Sasha Banks. This was a little bit of a surprise, but I have a lot of people asking me if there's heat on Sasha Banks. I'm told there's not. I'm told there's not. Does that mean that things like this won't happen? No, that doesn't mean that things like this won't happen. After Sonya Deville beat Sasha Banks, Corey Graves says, that is a statement. And I was just thinking, it sure is. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it is. In, in more ways than one, that is a statement. And also... This is where I put over Sonya Deville strikes again, and boy, did that knee look snug. Yeah. Snug. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Snug is like six-year-old me in my Ninja Turtle sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. As a bug in a rug. That yeah, was I would so go snug. as far as to say as a bug in a rug. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, here's the thing about Sonya Deville. Um, she got good. Um, the past, man, that's all she needs. Thing. She, only Alistair Black in WWE. She she got good. Like she the, her feud with Ruby Riot, they, they continued when they were both in NXT before they came up. And they were in separate somehow, but totally identical factions um, uh, on Raw and SmackDown, and also continued through. They had a match after they had both been coming up in in NXT. She got good. She had a match uh, a couple weeks ago against Ember Moon for the title in NXT. That was good. So, listen, if you're going to establish these new women who get called up, having her having her have a wrestling match against Sasha Banks, a former champion, where Banks is in control for most of the match, but Sonya gets in a great shot to the ribs that knocks the wind out of, out of Sasha to get a pinfall, that's the way that you can establish her as being a threat. Not also, having a moon hey, matches, if you know? you're working with people like Amber Moon on your way out of NXT, that doesn't hurt either. Because nope. if you can't get better working with an Ember Moon, then I don't know right. who you can get better working with. Because that woman is just outstanding in the ring. Like, unbelievable. Yep. I've, I've just, I, ever since I saw Sonya Deville throw strikes live, and like I can tell you guys, like I've worked with a lot of catch wrestlers, and a lot of us, we, we transition in between pro wrestling and MMA. And pulling those strikes can be very, very, very hard when you're not used to it. And she came up from an MMA background, and not only does she do it, she man, it's just I can't get over how good and how crisp it is yeah. while she still makes it look like it's effective in the MMA world. That's real, real hard to do. Yeah. Like because you're not exaggerating your punches, you're not exaggerating your kicks and your knees in MMA. You're trying to get them there as quickly as you can and as effectively 
as you can. So what did you make of uh, Paige coming out as part of the faction still standing there, not saying anything, and then basically mentioning in passing, oh, by the way, Paige won't be in the rumble, but they don't say anything else. She's it a professional feel, and she is. It felt, it felt interesting to me. Like, it was yeah, like, my, my, my main concern about Paige was what will this do to her mental state, but she seems okay right she now. She seems okay. However, however, you got Daniel Bryan out there saying like me being a GM makes me want to wrestle even more. So, and he says like when he's gardening, he's thinking about wrestling moves. Yeah. Hey man, that's, that's passion right there. And I think Paige shares that passion. I think Paige can be something very, very special outside of wrestling. She's going to be one of those people that like you look back at like Paul Ellering. A lot of people don't even know Paul Ellering wrestled. Like there, there are a lot of people like that that they just don't know because he was so effective in his managerial career. I think Paige can do so, so much. She can host stuff. She can announce. She can be an authority figure. She can manage. She can be an agent. She can be creative. She can do so many different things. And uh, it's tragic what has happened to her. And you all can see what I thought about the spot on any number of the podcasts that I did about that. But I think that uh, she's going to be fine. Also, why were they showing still images of last week's Raw? I don't. They did that twice this time. Like, you guys don't have the licensing to use video of your own shit. What is that? I know when they do it with a pay per view, it's like, well, we don't want to give that away for free. But yeah. you gave it away for free last week. We I have it on cruise the over to YouTube and watch this. Yeah, I can go to YouTube. I can. I, I have it on the Hulu's. Like, whatever. I don't understand why you're showing me still images, and not even good still images. Not like the actual ones taken by your photographers, but like you you, you get a screen cap on, on a pause on, on the laptop. It was bad. I don't know what the hell they were doing. As Stone Osborne says, Bobby the Brain Heenan was a good wrestler, too. One of the best bumpers ever, honestly, especially for his time. And a lot of people don't realize that he, he did that and that he worked before. Woken Matt Hardy defeated Heath Slater. This is pretty much a squash match. I like that Booker T wondered what Jeff Hardy was thinking about this at home, and as he should have been. Yeah. Rhino makes Heath Slater get back in the ring after Hardy creeps him out. The delete head rams into the turnbuckle looked much better this week when they didn't cut as they were happening. I also interviewed former WCW producer Neil Pruitt tonight for a future Listen Your Boy podcast, and he was, he was like, he's like, I hate the zooms, I hate the cuts, and in the middle of impact – he said, if you have people that wrestle, let them wrestle. That's why they're taking the bumps. Right. Couldn't agree more. Matt Hardy wins. This was a squash. Uh, Matt Hardy needed to, needed to delete that booger in his nose, though. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Oh, all um, up in there, just stuffy. Just <laughs> stuffy, Matt. I, I, uh, Thank I you, a Claritin. I love that Matt Hardy, woken Matt Hardy, has an entirely different moveset than the guy who was wrestling for months who was just, you know, hinting at being broken. Jeff um, did that with uh, Willow the Wisp, too, as much as I yeah. hated that character. It's it's really effective. He's just a whirling dervish of, like, clubbing blows in the corner, and he's uh, the thing where he just – the creeped out thing in the corner, that was excellent. All of this was really good. Um, and, uh, hey, uh, Matt Hardy, Rebby Hardy, Vanguard One, all of them – uh, talking about it on Twitter, finally got a new Titan Tron uh, for 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 Woken Matt Hardy, and it looks really great. Just the three, the delete over and over and over again, 
looks great. It's a lot better than the purple and green Hardy Boys thing they were using last week. Yep. The entrance is cool. I like it. Main event time, Seth Rollins with Jason Jordan defeated Finn Balor with the Balor Club. This is a pay-per-view quality pairing that has a built-in story in it if they wanted it to because Seth Rollins did hurt Finn Balor. They do a classic Raw moment in the middle of the main event. Yeah. Why would you do that? Like, I get it. You're pushing the show. By the way, I didn't mention this earlier. What I want next week is Braun Strowman to tear something up and get kicked out of the Barclays Center and then make the trip across town and tear up something at the Manhattan Center. Yeah. Yeah. They they got they got to figure out who's the guy that's going to come back. For, is it Doink? No, it's not Doink. But like, who's the guy that like, that from the old timer timers who's going to be out there at the Manhattan Center? And everyone's going to be like, "Boo, get off the stage." They can and have a gonna, Doink. I mean, they yeah. a different. They doink. own the gimmick. I mean, yeah, that's true. It doesn't matter. Anybody who doesn't own the gimmick does that too. <laughs> that's true. I like Balor adding to his arsenal by using uh, the Hurricane Eye of the Storm finish. Uh, the Battle of the Dueling Sling Blade was cool, too. A lot of good fundamental work in this one early on, too. And then it really heats up. Rollins kills Balor with a super kick. Balor has gotten much more aggressive with his strikes. I think this man has been on fire in yeah. the ring since this summer. And, Alex, I mean, you know what I thought about his offense, and you know what I thought about his work for years heading into this. I have really enjoyed Finn Balor because he's changed it up. Yeah, He's just changed it up. Now, sometimes he reverts back to the stupid-ass front drop kicks on the outside of the ring that don't make any sense. But there was this series where Rollins favored his knee and missed a Phoenix splash, rolled out, got drop kicked into the buckle. And then as Balor took a little too much time, he ate a superplex to a Falcon arrow. That transition ruled. That was so good. So smooth. I loved it. I'm a, I'm a dork for Falcon arrows. I love the move. I think they're great. Yeah. This is, this is gets, gets to my thinking of, Let's say Finn Balor doesn't get injured in that match and he beats Rollins. And this is the program for, like, the the rest of whatever it was, 2015. Like, the, I could watch these matches over and over again. These two guys were great together. They were great together. I could, I could match, watch Finn Balor over and over again. I couldn't have watched that Finn Balor but, back then. But, but I feel like that Finn Balor always existed. And yeah. this, but he just wasn't pulling that stuff out. I think he, he's now doing that. I mean, I think you're right. I think that it has been building. But last week and this week, with with his with his buddies behind him, he he feels different. Like I don't. I mean, I mean, maybe I'm making it up, but it feels like he just feels like there's there's something more to Finn Balor right now. He feels like a more of a you know lust for life, for lack of a better term. Like he just feels like he he wants it more, and I think it's great. Battle of the Dueling Sling Blades was and building to each of them getting to do it by the other guy blocking it because they know how the move works. That's that's excellent. Uh, I, I really liked this this whole match up until the finish got a little wonky, but it was supposed to. Like it it, it made sense the way they did it too. So at the end, the bar comes out, brawls with Balor Club and Jason Jordan. So the, now you have another tag team factored in here. You've got the Balor Club factored in after the bar has been beaten by Titus Worldwide. I, I think the way that they've been weaving these teams in together is very, very smart. Uh, do I wish that it were the Revival instead of Titus Worldwide? Yes, I do. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment on Titus Worldwide because, honestly, the best Titus O'Neil, the best Titus O'Neil is a manager. Yeah. Second best Titus O'Neil is a hot tag. So, yep. 
Finn Balor does this awesome topic on Hilo onto the bar and Balor club that almost misses, but he gets it. Jordan trips Balor, and then we see the return of the curb stomp, Alex. Yep. Now, I joked on, on Twitter, they brought back the curb stomp on MLK Day, mm-hmm. Mother of God. Yep. Uh, a lot of people took that way too seriously. The background on that, guys, there's a movie called American History X that there were racial implications of a guy getting curb stomped. Yep. And it's like, so there's a running joke on Twitter and Reddit that they did it to Big E on MLK Day, for the love of God. Yeah. But I'm glad to see the move back. Seth Rollins' entire finisher situation has not been the same right. since they abandoned that move. He did that front DDT for a little while that I think Aiden English took for like a regular move. It's an okay move, but you, any move where you swing out your leg and have to do that, it just doesn't work. Uh, he, he had the pedigree for a while. Then he had the ripcord knee. Just uh, He hurt some people with the ripcord knee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one thing was, I thought was interesting was they never said curb stomp. They said Balor got stomped. But the first thing they said, as the move, like right after the move happened, Corey Graves says, Bal- Finn Balor suffered a blackout, which was what they used to call the move when he was, when he was called Tyler Black. That and it should be called that. They should be called that. I think the biggest thing about the move is not what it is. It's that if a little kid Googles curb stomp, yes, that's the problem. Is you're going to see a lot of those kind of photos and videos that come up. But if you like, you Google blackout, it's going to be like, oh, the electricity's out. Like it's not. That's going to be a different thing. So I think that you can you can use the move, which is a perfectly serviceable move. Um, uh, but as long as you don't call it that inflammatory name, I think it'll work. Um, the weird thing about this was that they lingered for a long, long time on Finn Balor selling the effects of I thought the Balor club were about to turn on him after that because it felt like, weird. what the hell are they doing? Like it was like three minutes of just just them in the ring. And it didn't it, it felt very it felt like they ended really short in the match and they were like, Well, we we paid USA to like go long, so here we go. Um uh I will say that I love a good like the enemy of my enemy is not my friend. I like when factions behave that way. Mm-hmm. Like screw you, don't get involved in my match just because you're beating up the guys that I'm facing. I don't like you either. Like that that's good. I like that in my factions. I hate the idea of like, well, I'm a heel and you're a heel, so I guess we're both on the same side. I hate that. So I like that these guys that the, the, the Balor Club was resentful of the bar getting involved. I think that's good. As I look back on WWE's timeline, they only mentioned, like, stomp. They didn't say curb at all. Very mm-hmm. wise. Change the name. That's it. That's what you got to do. Change the name. That's it. Because less people have been hurt on that than several of his other moves. So, And yeah. having that finish, I think, has hurt. Not having it finish, I think, has hurt him a little bit. Because that was his. And yeah. the lasting impression of it was him winning a title with it. And then never really getting to use it again. Like, literally, the two most iconic curb stomp moments ever yeah. happened. Like, what, the night the night that it was yeah. eliminated? Yeah. So, uh, it, it, it thought, getting reversed into one of the greatest RKOs ever, and ever, then him yeah. winning the title with it. Like, that, that, and then it was gone forever. Yeah. Like, you know? 
Guys, of course, visit Fightful.com. I want to thank you guys for all the support you give us. We are on Twitter at Fightful Online. Over at Instagram.com slash Fightful Online, we are giving away a uh, free Fightful t-shirt. Head over there, uh, repost. You can just follow the instructions over there, but we're posting stuff all the time there. I have exclusive graphics, unused graphics. I have photos from my time as a photographer because I've done a little bit of everything in the wrestling media deal. So I've got a lot of photos that I post up there. A lot of funny stuff. Uh, definitely check that out. Follow us. Thousands of you watch every week. I just need thousands of you to follow us and retweet our stuff and to share our stories, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, all that stuff. If you post on Reddit or Twitter or any, any communities, make sure you follow their individual community guidelines as you do so. But uh, Alex, where can they follow you on the social media? You can follow me at Pulowski the fourth. You guys do not want to miss this week's list and your boy Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's our flagship show. We go 90 minutes. We have a guest. It's me. Uh, I talk about the journalism end of things. We got a businessman and Jimmy Van who has uh, found success all over the place. And then we uh, always have a guest. We do a segment called Stupid People of the Week where we break down some pretty crazy stories. One was about a man who took a Viagra and got his wiener stuck in shower curtain rings. Mm. That's what I cover for a living. Head over to Fightful.com, my friends. Thank you guys so much. Till next time, subscribe, like, thumbs up. We're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.